This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today we've got a very interesting show for our listeners. Uh, we've got Lou Major. Lou is a Boise State uh, do-everything guy. I think your title is uh, Director of Football Operations. Is that one of the hats you wear? Director of Football External Relations. External Relations. Yes. Yeah. You're out and about. I am out and about. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, Lou, thank you so much for coming in today and talking some Bronco football. Absolutely. Love you, being here. You bet. You bet. Well, before we get into the, the Bronco football, and we're going to kind of cover what Bronco football is all about all year round, you know, not just during the season, but what goes on in the off season and the, and the special training seasons. And we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But I want to have you share your story, Lou, where you grew up and uh, kind of take us up to where you are today. Sounds good. Well, I, it's it's tough telling people where you're from in uh, Idaho these days if you're from California, but I am from Southern California. I grew up in Lakewood, California, uh, which is right next to Long Beach. Sure. Uh, spent most of my life uh, actually in Southern California until I moved up to Boise. But you, you, you escaped. You had a I jailbreak. escaped. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still trying to get the rest of the family and friends to, to leave uh, sure. California as well. But uh, haven't been too successful, but yeah, so grew up down there, you know, played football from a young age, probably, you know, like most kids, eight, eight, nine years old or so. And then, um, you know, I, growing up down there, it was a different place back then, you, you know, loved it. Obviously the weather and all that stuff was, was awesome. But like you said, it's things have just changed. So, yeah. you know, we'll get into a little bit later, but you know, when I, when I got to Idaho and left again, back to California for work, I always knew I'd be back. I uh, mm-hmm. just, just love Boise, love Idaho, mm-hmm. love the people, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, played, played high school ball there. You know, like most kids, wanted to grow up and play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You always think you have a shot. You kind of find out later, maybe not so much. But I, I, I played, uh, actually played high school, then played Cerritos College. I was a running back, returner. You know, I, I had some offers coming out of high school. Lower level offers, but I wanted to, like most guys, you know, I want to play D1 football and all that. So I went the JC route, played at Cerritos College for a couple of years, had a couple of decent years yeah. there, yeah. and then um, ended up getting the opportunity to go to Fresno State. That's Bulldogs. An, that's, yeah, that's another thing I don't say a whole lot around here <laughs> because uh, that is the team that is hated, and I'll, I'll tell you yeah. a story about that later on. But So played there a couple of years, then got the opportunity to go to Fresno State. I actually walked on at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. And at the time, obviously, you know, you want to get an offer and want to get scholarship and all that stuff. And looking back at it, though, like I'm proud of the fact that I was a walk on. Right. You know, it 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 made me have to to earn it on, you know, what I did at Fresno mm-hmm. State. You yep. know, so you know how it goes. Yeah, prove yourself. Yep, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going through right now. We got all these new kids coming in. 
And, you know, I mean, the hit rate, you know, even like NFL quarterbacks that are first-round draft mm-hmm. picks, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's like 50-50. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what you're getting necessarily. So the fact that I was able to walk on, and I don't know, I think I got a, I got my scholarship that, f- you know, the summer of my first uh, end of first semester, I think is what it was. And that was like, that was it for me. Like, I was like, I remember, call, yeah, I remember calling my mom up because, you know, when I went to Fresno State, the thing was, is, you know, at that point, I didn't know I'm going to play in the NFL. I wasn't, I just wanted to get my, my, take the burden off of them to get my education paid for, you know, be able to, you know, the, the goals were, you know, do that, you know, start in a game and score a touchdown. Like that was my, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. I could get those three things done, it's a win. And so, you know, luckily I was able to do that stuff and the experience there. I mean, it was only a short time. I was only there for two years, but. But it was, you know, for me as a person, it was huge. Yeah. But what it did was it got me my education. And then at that point, it's kind of weird. You know, I, I tell people this. It's like I felt like I was defined as a football player right. my entire life, mm-hmm. all the way up through Fresno State. And I remember, you know, one of my, my, my professors said, hey, you should think about getting your master's at some point. So as a senior, I took, you know, some master's classes and I, I just remember it was like, that's the football guy. Mm-hmm. And so I remember finishing up my bachelor's and I could have stayed at, at Fresno State to do my master's. In fact, they, he wanted me to, but I was like, I, I need to get away. Yeah. It's like, I want to, I want to, you know, recreate and define myself by something more than just football because it, it's looking back, it's not a bad thing necessarily, but it felt kind of like a bad thing to me. It was like, well, he's just, he's the football player. So right or wrong. Long Beach State, I went to get my master's, started teaching at Long Beach State. Man, it was 1997. I think I was probably 23 years old. I started mm-hmm. teaching in the comm department there. And I taught at Long Beach State for about, I think it was about 11 years or so. Mm-hmm. And I figured that's what I was, you know, that's what I, I loved doing it. I was, I think I was pretty good at it. You know, mm-hmm. my, my, my reviews and all that said I, I was pretty, pretty decent. At it. So I figured that's what I was going to do. Right. And I remember I was, uh, I tell this story, I remember I used to share an office with a guy that was another another instructor there. And in, once he found out I played football, that's all he wanted to talk about was yeah. football. So every yeah. time I'd come into office hours, he wanted to talk football. And I just remember he hated his job. Mm. And he was just like, man, I wish I could do something else. You know, I'm, I'm got to go teach his class. And I remember one day I was looking at him, I'm going, that's going to be me in another 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I really started to open it back up to, are there other opportunities out there? Like, what do I really want to? And so that's when football kind of came up. And I was like, well, I've got some time from the end of the semester to the fall. I'm just going to take a shot at this football thing. Yeah. And I remember I went out to at the, work with the Arizona Rattlers sure. in the Arena League, you know, and their seasons are opposite of. So I went out, went out in whatever it was, February. And I was doing everything for them and I was working for free. This was mm-hmm. just me get a taste yep. of it and yep. see if this is, this is for me. And so I was doing, I was on the field doing stuff. I was helping the coaches. I was writing the articles for the website mm-hmm. and I was doing player personal. I was doing everything. So everything. I got a feel for yeah. everything. And education. Yeah. So I remember it, uh, it kind of the football bug kind of bit me. And I remember why well, I was like, I can go back to teaching like, or I can keep, pushing away with this football thing. And I remember 
I, I applied for a job at Occidental College D3 school yep. as their uh, director of recruiting. I got that job. And then I went to the uh, convention and ended up meeting the former DFO from Boise State. So that's how I got connected with Pete. Uh-huh. And so I had been in football for I mean, a calendar year when I got the offer to come up to Boise State. And it was like, OK, you can come up work in our recruiting department. Mm-hmm. And I remember from that point to me having the truck packed up was like two weeks. Yeah. I had yeah. never been to Boise before. And I remember driving up to Boise into Boise and I remember going through downtown. It was a Saturday night and I'm used to downtown like LA and yep. graffiti and all this stuff and bums. And <laughs> I remember driving through the city and I'm going, man, this can't be downtown. I mean, this is way too nice. Yep. And then you hang a ride on Broadway and there's a river going through town. I was like, we only had concrete in, mm-hmm in uh, LA. So it was just a different place. Right. And then being a part of, you know, I've said it like I, my first office was a closet. I mean, it was, yeah. it was half of the size of this room. Right. And I shared it with someone. Yeah. I couldn't care less. Right. Like I was happy to be in the building. I was happy to be working with coach Pete and his staff. And like, obviously that first year went Fiesta Bowl and it was like, Wow. I remember at the end of the year, like reassessing and going, my goodness, like, how did I end up here? Yep. So I think that set the stage. And obviously all the success we had and all the people that you deal with and the community and yep. all of that stuff, that really got ingrained in me where I just love this place. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 2014 came and I had some opportunities to stay here in the athletic department and I decided you know, Fresno State, I, to take their uh, assistant AG and chief of staff job. On paper, it looked great. Mm-hmm. They won a couple of Mountain West championships. You know, they had that thing rolling over there. Obviously, mm-hmm. I played there, so it just seemed like right. it fit. Right. So I go back to Fresno State. It didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had three seasons, three tough seasons, and, yeah. you know, we ended up getting fired. You know, and so then I decided to get out of I'm like, okay, I can't do this move every two, three years thing for everyone. I have a family. And so I decided to get out of football and everybody was, you know, everybody I told, like they'd look at me sideways, like, are you kidding me right now? Cause I had other job offers, you know, I could have, I could have went to other, you know, even power five schools. And I was like, well, that's a tough decision, you know, to walk away. Yeah, and I absolutely. did, but it seemed like the right decision at the time. And so I, I got out of football, was in, uh, I worked for Stryker doing medical sales and it was great. Yep. I mean, I remember that first couple months all my stuff was done on a Tuesday and it's noon mm. and I have nothing to do other than whatever, go to the gym or sure. go for a ride. Or, right. And I, I remember feeling guilty because you go from being 24 seven to now I have all this free time and I, and it, it didn't last long. Yeah. I didn't feel guilty for too long because <laughs> it was great. But, you know, I spent three years with Stryker, and then I knew I wanted to get back to Boise, so I had an opportunity with a company called Medline, so I came back to Boise right like two months before COVID hit. And I just remember going like, what is going on in this world? So it was trying to build a new territory with a new company, with a new product, all of that through COVID. Yeah. I've got a newborn. I mean, it oh, was- boy. It yeah, was- had a handful. It was handful, but looking, <clears throat> looking back, like the, those two years stuck in the house were the first two years of my daughter's life. Yeah. So it actually worked out great because I was home literally all day, every day right. working, but I had her, I mean, I would be on zoom meetings. She'd come walking into my office and like, well, she'd sit on my lap. Sure. Everybody was fine. They were fine with it for the most part. And so, um, 
so COVID kind of screwed everything up with, with the medical sales thing. And, you know, so I, I remember one spring I reached out to Andy and just said, Hey, you know, Hey, can me and my daughter, daughter come to practice mm-hmm. spring ball? One of these, mm-hmm. this was, you know, the year prior. And he said, yeah, you know, come on out. So her and I were hanging out of practice after practice is done. And, you know, Andy and, and KB come over and we're just chatting. And I never thought I'd be back in football, especially with a daughter, right. because in my head, I knew what my schedule was before. And there's no way mm-hmm. as a single dad, it's like, I don't know how I manage that. Right. Yeah. So it was never. And I remember Andy, he said something to the effect of like, Hey, so when are you going to come back and, and work with us? Mm-hmm. You know, and I laugh and then, then you're like talking to me, looking at me like, Oh wait, like you're not mm-hmm. joking. Are you mm-hmm. like, you're, and he's like, Nope. Yeah. And I go, I'm like, Andy, man, I don't know if we can do this. He's like, well, just hold on. Like, We'll figure it out. And so it took, you know, it went on like that week. I talked to our, the former DFO, Joel. I talked to him a couple of times and Andy gave me a call on Saturday. And I'm like, so then it dragged into out, not dragged out, but it went another week. And finally, I remember I called him. I said, hey, so like, are we creating this position? Mm-hmm. One. And two, am I the guy? Like, because I needed to move. I had another job starting. So he was like, yes and yes. He's like, just give me a couple more days. Mm-hmm. And so I remember he called me on like Tuesday. He's like, hey, can you come in on Friday? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have you sign your paperwork. And then we're going to go to the concert that night. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, so you, am I, this is my first day on Friday. And so he said, yeah. yeah. And so, and so getting back, it was, it felt, you know, people ask me like, you know, the Pete days and it, it feels a lot of the same. Right. It's like a lot of the same stuff. So it's comfortable. Yeah. Like, you know, it's what I'm used the culture, to. The culture is the same. The culture is very, very much the same. Yeah. Like all of the same priorities and the standards and all of the stuff that I was used to. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was here with Andy before. Right. So we worked together it's a lot of the same feel. Now it's different, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously this is Andy's deal, mm-hmm. right? This is our deal, but it, it, you know, all the stuff that's important mm-hmm. that I just didn't know walking back into, it, you just don't know what you're going to get. Right. Like when I walked into other places, it was much different. And so coming back into this thing, you know, I remember, I think it was that first week or maybe it was the second week. I remember sitting in one of our leadership meetings, which is, you know, our group of the players, it was about 15 guys at the mm-hmm. time which is, you know, our core leadership group that's voted by the team and us at, to be that, that core group who's kind of the in-between between the team, the rest of the team right. and us, they play a huge role. And I remember yeah. sitting in that meeting and I start hearing these guys talk and I'm looking at them, I'm going, yeah, this is different. Like this, this group of guys, at least the guys mm-hmm. in here, cause I didn't know the rest of the team. I didn't mm-hmm. even met them. But the way these guys were talking in there and the way that we were, we, Andy, the other guy, you know, the way he was talking to them and they were responding back and, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is good. Like mm-hmm. I can tell, yep. like, this is a good thing. Now, obviously being around it more and for yeah. the last year or so, like you just see all of it, but you know, that was the part where coming back into it like again you don't just don't know and yeah. and now now you know now you know and yeah. it's 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 awesome because it was it's the same way as it was with Pete it's like you knew what you what the expectations were and you knew what was important and it was easy to relay that message to the people yeah. on the outside yeah. Yeah. now i didn't deal with the outside people as much before cuz right. i was internal right. but now i'm dealing with all the people on the yeah. outside yeah. Yeah. and everybody wants to know like <laughs> what's it like in there what's the culture all yeah. that stuff and so it's an easy story to tell 
because it is so dialed on the inside yeah. for us. Now it's a work in progress, right? Sure. We're always, always tweaking. Is. Yeah, each always semester is. we change it. Each, you know, so we're always trying to find how can we do it better. But the core of what we do, I mean, that's easy. That's an easy story yeah. to tell, and it's a good story to tell. And people, they're happy to hear it. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they want. Like you know, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, let's be honest. Yeah. Coach, yeah. you know, yeah. you got to win games. That's what it comes down to. You got to win games. You're going to have to win games. Yeah. But what I don't think people understand is how much that other stuff internally, like the culture, the standards, yeah. going to class. I, I don't know yeah. that they understand. Some coaches, I don't think they understand how important that is yeah. Yeah. to winning on Saturday night. Yeah. Because it's a huge part. Right. I mean, I think we probably all heard the quote, you know, Mike Tyson said it like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. That's right. Right. So we're going to send these guys out on Saturday night. They're going to get punched in the mouth mm-hmm. at some point. Right. It's how do they respond to it? Yeah. And if we've done all the work on the front end from January till that whatever game that they're in, like the response that they give on September, whatever, when they got punched in the mouth by whoever the response is not how they respond to it that night, right? It's not the pregame speech that right. Andy gave them. It's not the warmups, how they, it's not how they look that day. It's what did we do in January? What do we do in February? What do we do in June? You know, it's all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's the little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seem like, and we get it all, I get players all the time that say, well, why does it matter if we tuck our shirt in? Yep. Or why does it matter if we do this one? Why, why mm-hmm. do we have to touch the line? I just yeah. missed the line by that. Yeah. I don't think sometimes they understand until they're a little bit older. Yep. Touching that line on March 7th is directly translated to you're going to do that extra foot or yard in that game. Yep. Trying to trying to explain that to them is is obviously they're eighteen to twenty two year olds. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we're uh, we're talking with Lou Major, who's a director of football of external operations, and and Andy Avalos's right hand man. And uh, you've told us a lot about your story, Lou. Now let's talk about the Bronco calendar for the year. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're we're in May, and tell us what's going on right now in the program. So May for us, obviously, once spring ball is done, May kind of changes up. We kind of get away from the football part of it. And when I say we, you know, it's staff wise, they're still doing things like professional development. We're still doing recruiting. Mm -hmm. Recruiting's huge right now, especially with the transfer portal. So all that's still going on. So like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was like last minute. Hey, we need to get a couple of guys in on some official visits. So we're we're still doing all the recruiting stuff. The recruiting staff is still grinding. For for Andy, for myself, and for Andy, this is a big time for us to get out in the community. Yep. And you know, we joke about it being friend raising, right? But that's really what it is. Like, for instance, next week on Tuesday, you know, I think we do a really good job in the Boise area with with uh, people that are close to re- to the the program. You know, donors, all that stuff. And so, really, the push for us is to try to get out of Boise. And we can do a better job of that, but we're trying to do a better job of that now. So next Tuesday, for instance, Jeremiah, Andy, and I, we're going we're gonna to start out um, in Idaho Falls. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit some people in Idaho Falls, <clears throat> and then we're going to fly to Twin, uh, hit some people in Jerome and Twin. And it's just an opportunity for us to get outside yeah. of our normal area and see people maybe we don't always get to see. Yeah. Maybe they don't always get to come to Boise, right, or maybe right. they don't come to games all the time. 
And so for us, that's a big push is to get out in the community and do as much as we sure, can sure. with with that yeah, part. Yeah, and Jeremiah's Jeremiah Davis, the um, Dicky, yep. Dicky. I'm yep. sorry, Jeremiah Dicky is the athletic director. Mm-hmm. So the three of you are uh, out and about for sure. We are out, yeah, and it, it's in uh, a lot of times it's not a specific reason or agenda. It's for us, really. It's it's just getting out and meeting people yeah. and talking to yeah. them and, and spreading our story yep. and getting. Look, I mean, let's be honest; they all want to see Andy, sure. right? And it's a big deal if you can get. We get we get a little bit. You know, I see him every day. You know, I Jeremiah same way. So like, we get immune a little bit to it or numb to to the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I, sometimes I have to like stop myself you know especially like when it comes to kids and families and stuff like it's a big deal like yeah. boise state football is a big deal it is and we can't lose sight of that right so the more we can get out and see people and and or even get people in like i have groups coming into the building and it's just a building to yeah. me like the blue like i walk right. out on the blue now and it i don't even notice that it's blue mm-hmm. But you would be amazed with some of these groups. It's like you walk them out of the tunnel and they see the blue and like they just light up like they cannot believe they're out there. And when you see that, it's a huge deal and it makes you want to do it more. It it is. It is. Well, moving right along. So um, then comes summer. Yeah. And uh, there's some things going on in the Mm -hmm. summer. The players do some stuff on their own. So absolutely. So the end of this. So all the all the players are gone right now. So they get Mm -hmm. they get a two, three weeks off here. They're all going to report back Memorial Day. And then from that point forward, then they're going to start summer training. And then they spend most of their time with the strength staff during, yeah. the, during summer training. For us on staff, we have summer camps coming up for like our youth camp and then our high school team camp. So first week of June, we'll have our youth camp from the 5th through the 7th. So that's a huge, I mean, for myself personally, I mean, it started in January. But mm-hmm. these two camps, the prep, the prep for these two camps is huge. So youth camp, you know, ages six through twelve, they come in. You know, we we have run fun. them through drills. Yeah. We have bronco ball, all that stuff. It's awesome for the parents and the kids. So we do that that first week, and then that second week is the second week is our team camp, mm-hmm. and we've got teams from all around right. the Western United States. You know, Washington, Oregon, mm-hmm. Nevada, right? So California. So we we've got kids basically from everywhere that come in, and it, it's a combination of. You know, for us, it's our our coaches play a big role in those camps, right? right. Some camps you go to, coaches just kind of standing there, and but our coaches actually get involved. They mm-hmm. they're coaching, and it's a good opportunity also to kind of see who's out there, right? Sure. So we have our actual high school teams coming, whole teams, and then we'll have our renegades coming in. So that takes up the first half of June. Then we get to catch our breath a little bit as a staff yeah. after that. So between, you know, in June and, you know, we got the summer training going on and into July, you know, really, you know, July, it's, it's, you got to get your, you got to get your time away from the office. Right. And so we'll kind of charge your batteries. Yeah. I got to yeah. recharge. So we'll break it up. You know, some staff's in, some staff's out kind of works its way through into July and then uh, and then you know how it goes yeah. once you hit August 1. And it's off and running. Camp, man. And camp it, starts. It doesn't slow down. Absolutely. And then, of course, after that is is recruiting, and that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. So December, you know, obviously with the uh, with the early signing date in December, yeah. it's it, – here's the deal with recruiting. There, in the past – you know, even, you know, five years ago, whatever, 10 years ago, it, there the, you, you had your times of the year where you're doing certain things. 
it's year round now. Yeah. It really is year round now, even with recruiting, especially. Yeah, you gotta be. Yeah. And so with the new rules and the transfer portals and NIL and all that stuff, it has changed not just football, college, college athletics, athletics as a for whole. Sure, for sure. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just part of the deal. Yeah. So you got, you just got to find you. Cause these guys go, I mean, these coaches, they go out on the road, man, oh, yeah. weeks at a time. And you know, they don't see their families yeah. and they come back for a day and a half and then they go back out okay. on the road. Yeah. So I, I can't complain at all. Cause these guys have it the worst. Yeah. And then it goes all of, I mean, it's basically year round. So it's going to go into the fall. You got official visits during the fall, get them out to games. And then early signing day is in December, which these days, early signing day really is the main signing day, yeah. you know, because most of these kids are finishing high school early, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to go through their first semester into December of their senior year. And then like this last January, we had, I think, yeah. 16 uh, mid-year transfers mm -hmm. with transfers and high school kids. Yeah. That means they're graduating early. That's the most we've ever had. Wow. And so the clock just backs up yeah. further and yeah. further. Yeah. Everything gets yeah. getting, so you got, now we got to get it done by December. And yeah. then that following, you know, um, February for the regular signing day. I mean, it's a handful of guys yeah. these days. Right. And right. so now, so I mean, it's, <laughs> These high school yeah. kids, man, they are on top of it. Yeah, like, they they're are. getting done. Like they'll finish up with some stuff, and they'll they'll get here in January. And I'm thinking back when I was 18 years old, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't this far ahead of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're about out of time here, uh, Lou. But uh, just want to say this about the program. You know, we watch the football games. We all get excited about the Bronco program. I remember my 30 years of doing that schedule that you just mm -hmm. mentioned yep. and loved it. And uh, But you know what? What we're really doing is we're building men for the future. Mm-hmm. We're building men yeah. for the rest of their lives. Exactly. And that's that's the real takeaway from all this. Mm -hmm. Of course, the fun stuff for the games and winning and, and that kind of thing. But yet, we're building men. Uh, and that, yeah. that's the most important part of it. So It is absolutely 100% the, uh, yeah. the most important part of it. Everything else is icing on it. Yeah, yeah. So, Lou, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing about Bronco football, sharing about your story. And mm -hmm. we appreciate having you here. Appreciate the job you do. Thank you. And uh, keep her going. It. Yeah, thank you so much. You betcha. All right. All Go right. Broncos. Thank you. Go Broncos. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsor. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero Edge Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.